Welcome back to Commission Impossible. I am Scott Fish. Same with me as always, Ryan McDowell. How are you doing, my man? I am great. How are you? It's been a while. It has, and we're so far behind on emails, and we... (laughs) I thought, we'd never be, happens. I thought we'd be caught up by now, but we skipped a few weeks of doing the show. Um, but people, people still binge listen, which is awesome. But, uh, we love it. it for those that, that are listening, uh, right now, or you're new to the show, all our episodes are pretty evergreen, which means you can, uh, go back and listen to them. Yeah. I'm writing descriptions on there. You could figure out what's, uh, what's what, uh, Ryan and I, of course, have, uh, been with DLF and other sites and we're known for commissioning and we decided to start a podcast and help other commissioners out. So we go over listener questions, bad commission stories, interesting league ideas people have sent us. Um, we go over some of our own ideas, you know, go over league issues. If you have any questions, anything you want to send us commissionpod at gmail.com. Honestly, we're just kind of going in order in the, of these emails, and we never know what we're going to get in each email. It's it's kind of like a grab bag of fun. So, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's jump into the show, Ryan. Let's uh, get. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm just going to start with uh, Adam Kuhn sent us uh, a formula that he likes to use to determine uh, power ranks in his league. Uh, I, I mentioned that we touch on every every email in this uh, show, or we, we do our best to. Uh, this is a a little too much to clearly tell on, on a show as Ryan, you're probably looking at the formula right now, but, uh, I love that he, uh, he has figured out a formula to, to give a, a really cool power rank for the teams in his league. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I like people who go out of their way to do things like that for their league. I expected, I expected not a mute button from Ryan there. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that uh yeah this this formula is pretty impressive for sure and a little overwhelming um as i as i read this email from adam um yeah it's very cool yeah it's just a reminder to me that i love that people are doing things like this creative and unique things in their leagues and of course so many leagues are just cookie cutter status quo normal right 12, 12 team ppr and and whatever so i love seeing leagues and rules like this good yep. good job from adam good job uh do you want to read uh nathan powell's because nathan wrote us oh did he all i right. put nathan powell from tampa on there <laughs> it is true all right we love Nathan. Nathan says a guy in one of my leagues attempted to collude with a rent a player strategy. Uh, for example, give me this quarterback for week nine. I'll trade him back for week 10 in the same deal uh, in a league with 24 people. A number of people posted his offers in the league chat. When I confronted him and told him what he was doing was collusion, he said he was proving that I was allowing collusion from other teams by trying to collude. I'm, I'm confused already. He said I was a terrible commission. You didn't pay attention. I said, wow. All wow. right. So clearly a bad commission story. We haven't, yep. we haven't uh, had one of those in a while. Actually not a bad commission, actually a bad, a bad, a bad owner story. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, Nathan. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's way out of line. Obviously those types of trades are not okay. Uh, unless you have rules that, 
allow it somehow. explicitly allow things like yeah. that i have rules that explicitly uh don't allow it yeah probably. don't allow that yeah. uh I, I have a i have a rule that you can't once you trade a player away you can't uh, you can't reacquire that player via trade for i think it's a month five or weeks something or like something? that yeah. yeah four or five weeks um so yeah this is this is not only um attempted collusion but just uh, just sounds like like a bad owner yeah, yeah. We, I think we've mentioned on the show before, renting players is always collusion. Uh, I, I uh, there's that came up on Twitter. It's come up a couple times, and I one time I quote tweeted and and Sigmund Bloom chimed in. He's like, "Scott's got it dead on. End of story. Stop the argument." Because yeah. <laughs> even if you receive benefit, even if even if okay, this guy gets the player for a week, but in the trade back, that guy, the other guy gets to keep a fourth round pick or something. Even if there's benefit for both sides always collusion because you're colluding either against the the league because it all affects the standings or you're colluding against the one player that person is playing that week uh, any way you slice it it is flat out collusion there's yep. there's no gray area here uh, i am interested i know we've talked a lot about tanking on the show and that you have let us know that you now allow tanking in your leagues right do you see a clear difference between tanking and this form of collusion. Uh, I very much do. As far as, as far as for the good of the league. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see this, this in the same way as that at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say in the same vein as me allowing collusion, I'm absolutely fine. If a league wants to allow this, just put it in your rules. Yeah. Like, like I have, you're free to tank in, in my rules. So uh, in your general, normal, you just have a regular league renting a player, even if both sides get some kind of benefit out of it, always 100% of the time collusion. What um, would you think about a league where it was basically an anything goes league collusion, yeah. tanking. Hey, we've they ta- exist. We've yep. talked about, uh, you know, using out using real money or outside resources or whatever to make a trade. Um, I don't know. Would you be interested in that type of league? I think Zach, it wasn't Zach Boehner trying to create a league somewhat like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe despicable gentleman league or something like that. I think it was, I don't remember. Um, It'd be interesting. I don't think I, I don't think, I don't think I got the guts to uh, jump (laughs) into something like that though. It's, it might be a little too much because you already get owners trying to find every loophole they can. I, I can't even imagine the lengths people would go in a league like that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's true. Oh, Right. Hello, gents. Happy holidays to both of you. This is probably right around the turn of the year. That's how far we are behind. He's talking Easter. It's almost Easter. It's almost Easter. There it is. <laughs> trade is proposed, and the recipient of the trade just lets the trade sit there for several days. But then an injury occurs, uh, injury or trade occurs, and one of the players' value changes. Um, specific example, guy proposed trade involving train away Duke Johnson. Then Hyde gets traded and Haley gets fired. Other guy then snap accepts the trade and he lets sit there for almost a week, but the trade expiration date had not expired. Dirty or fair. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of in the vein of all those, uh, you know, accepting, uh, any kind of trade with breaking news, you know, that wasn't pulled down. Right. Situations. I, I mean, but, by the law of the land, right? It's it's fair, right? Um, 
it's, it's it's fair from a commissioner and league standpoint. I think this guy maybe he wants to know about would maybe would we do it or is it a dirty move on the part of the owner? I, I'm sure he's going for that as well. If this happens in my league, I'm not I'm not overturning the trade. Absolutely not. If, if that's the question, yeah, um, yeah. From the commissioner league standpoint, it's fair. It's if, it is if I'm in the situation. I'm not accepting the trade either. Uh, right. So yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's I guess I would say it's dirty but legal. Right. That's maybe, the maybe way to put dirty it. dirty and fair aren't the aren't the yeah. correct choices yeah. there. Dirty but also legal. Yeah, I would, like a I would, lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, very true. That's that's exactly where I stand too. Uh you want to read the next one? Ooh, it's long though. Man, I don't like to read this much. Okay, this is from Brian from Miami, Florida. Thanks, Brian. Uh, let's see. Brian says, like many of your lists, uh, your listeners, I too binge the Commission Possible over the last few weeks. Thank you, Brian. Awesome. Love hearing about all the different league types that you've created and manage, as well as your insight on other league rules and different ways of doing things. On the episode sixteen pod, you were discussing an idea that that you called win tokens. The idea, as I recall, was every win uh, was that with every win, a team gets a token that can be traded for varying amounts of uh, fab bucks, draft, or even real money. Uh, I asked you guys if someone had followed through with this, and it didn't look like anyone had. I definitely want to try this next season, and I have some questions. So he gives us a reminder, which... Uh, we definitely appreciate. Uh, he says one token, and again, you get tokens for wins. One token equals five real dollars, so you can cash out uh, ten auction dollars or twenty fab dollars. All right, I like this already. I don't, I don't know what I yep. said in episode sixteen, but I like we, it. Now. We 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 did like it in episode sixteen. I, I remember we've talked about the token thing a couple times, and we we've always liked it. We just don't, uh, we haven't seen anyone do it. All right, so Brian has some questions. I'm afraid only awarding the winning teams could drastically make good teams great. Bad teams would soon have no chance at getting any better. With the 5, 10, 20 trade-in payouts, would this get out of hand too quickly? Uh, would a lower scale 3, 5, 10 or 5, 5, 5 prolong the parity of the league for longer? Um, I think that's a, a legit concern for sure. Um I guess it depends on how much what your total auction uh, pot is or your total fab um, blind bidding, you know, pot. Um, In in my leagues, everybody has a thousand fab dollars. So 20 for a win wouldn't shift things too drastically. Um, Yeah. And same thing with the $10 auction. So, but if you have a lower scale, if, if everybody gets a hundred bucks fab, then obviously 20 would be, um, 20 would be a huge amount in that case. So I I think it, it just has to be in proportion to your, uh, initial total. Right. Right. Yeah. That five real 10, 10 auction, 20 fab. Yeah. I mean, that's great if it's in good proportion with your, uh, with your budgets for those already. I, I completely agree on that. I do see how it could, I mean, he, he's got a really good point. The number one point, the the number one bullet point he's got a winning teams, making them much better 
is there, that's a real, real thing. Assuming the winning, like, like let's assume the winning team consistently takes the $10 auction. Oof, that could, that could really rack up, you know, like a 10 win team grabbing a hundred dollars every year, just a hundred extra dollars for the auction. It's a, it's a very good point. You'd have to be, you'd have to be pretty careful. Almost, almost, almost like for each win you they're like there's a cap for you can only you do the auction token you know three times or four times right. or you know maybe put caps on each of the the amount of times you can do one of the types of tokens yeah i, I think a, a cap is a great idea even if you did it uh each each option two times um, okay so if you get that seventh win then you get nothing for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that. I like that. That, that, uh, helps. <laughs> I, I would say the, the top half of the league probably all get six wins. So it's, it's right. kind of just how you disperse them. And at that point, you're, it's probably not making, if the cap is six total, it's probably not making a huge difference. It's just something that's fun in the league. Yeah. At that point. Uh, Brian had another question. What if the huh. token was given huh. to the losing team? Could this be more interesting? I could, I, he says, I could imagine an eight, no team actually losing on purpose uh, just to get extra fab money for a playoff run. uh, Or would this ultimately lead to uh, a large portion of the league tanking to collect real money? And yes, that's what I think would happen. I think, well, (laughs) whether it's, whether it's to collect real money or not, um, I think, that would lead to tanking as, as Brian kind of mentioned there. So I don't, I don't like that idea. I don't like rewarding losing really. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Agreed. All right. You got the next one. Uh, the, is this the right here? What I'm highlighting? Oh, did, oh I missed, I missed part. Brian has another question. More, more token talk. Uh, and he says, what if the token was given for certain achievements instead of a win or a loss uh, for example, a rival win is a token, a regular win is nothing, a three-game win streak awards you a token, a five-game win streak gets you another token. Um, adding da, 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 adding players off the waivers. Um, and having them actually be good. Yeah, basically, <laughs> token. Yeah. basically successful waiver claims could be tokens. Um I don't know about the the last one. I don't really like that. I think that's a little too subjective. I, I'm also, yeah, agreed on that being too subjective. As far as the three game win streak, five game win streak, et cetera, I feel like that's, you're just adding a whole lot of commissioner work. Yep. You know, like if it's your only league, that's fine. But if you have a few leagues and, or you're a really busy guy anyway, that's tough. The rival win thing, if you have like a rivalry, that's one per, that's maybe what, you know, six games in a year for a 12 team league. Right. That's not too bad, but I would stick to the other part because <laughs> those can be added up at the end of the season and just done at any point before an auction or a draft. Um, uh, right. <laughs> As I can hear your dog and my baby crying. Yes. Uh, how do you have 12 team leagues set in relation to divisions? And do you realign, realign them? How is that determined and how often? Currently, we have three four-team divisions. Playoffs are three division winners with top getting buys, then three next best record to make the playoffs as wild cards. League is in its third year, and we have never realigned them. Should we? 
Thanks. Love the podcast. How do I get into SFP nine? Mm. <laughs> Ruben. Well, first off, just si- make sure you signed up. And after that, oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> You're letting me pick this year, right? I get to pick. Yes. You, yes. you get to pick right. everybody. <laughs> no, no pressure. Um, I, I guess, uh, where do I start with this? Okay. I always realign my divisions. I, I noticed long ago that when you stop realigning your divisions, um, you, the, the trades with, with teams within your division start to lighten up and almost like just completely stop like teams stop trading within their division. Um, so I like to, I like to keep them realigned to keep things fresh. Dynasty leagues over a lot of time tend to get stale. So I like to keep them fresh. I like to keep the trade partners open because you never know who's going to be in your division next year. So you tend to just trade with everyone. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it either way. Like it's, this is not a topic that matters to me. The division realignment thing. I, I, my preference is slightly towards realigning each year, uh, whether it be random or whether it be like evening them out based on strength of the year before. But uh, I honestly don't care. <laughs> Ryan. Well, I, I guess that would be, um, I don't know. I, I, my answer Ruben probably doesn't like, I would say no divisions at all. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. That that would be my preference. But if you're sticking with divisions, definitely realign. And back when my leagues did use divisions, um, I liked drafting uh, divisions. So you could pick, I guess, depending on how many divisions you have, if you have two, three, or four, you pick the top number of teams from the previous year and you let them draft their they're division mates. I like it. I like it. Okay. Face from the South. That's who's writing this. Apparently it says face from the South. I'm the commission of a 10 team <laughs> redraft one keeper. I wanted to put in a rule to keep everyone engaged all year and also protect, prevent tanking. So two years ago we implemented the following rule. The draft order of the following year is determined by total points scored weeks 12 through 16. The highest score gets the first choice of draft pick. Lowest score gets last pick of day pick of last draft pick or last pick. pick. Obviously we had to make it where people are not in the playoffs can still participate in waivers, which also hasn't been an issue. And in dynasty leagues, honestly, that's the way it should be. (laughs) Right. Everyone should be able to do waivers. Uh, Playoffs are not in a dynasty league. This rule has worked very well for keeping everyone engaged, but I noticed a trend in each of the two years the ultimate league champ finished first in scoring throughout these weeks. Yeah, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the four non-playoff teams finished 6-10. and 10. For the record, I won the league this year, so this isn't me, just me whining. I feel like this is unequitable because it seems like the rich getting richer, although may not as much so since it's a redraft league. Oh, this is a redraft league. Okay. Gotcha. Any ideas how to potentially refine the system to make more equitable or other ideas of determining draft over? Well, he says redraft league, but it, it is a one keeper. Yeah, one keeper. But I mean, that's basically a redraft league. Right. right. <laughs> um, um, I actually have no problem with this in a redraft league or a one keeper league. Um, I don't see why the rich shouldn't get be getting richer. And honestly, the worst team in the league could have Saquon Barkley. You know what I mean? In a one right. keeper. So I have zero problem with this, um, the way it's set up in, in that in with just with a one keeper. 
Yeah, with 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 only one keeper, I really don't have a problem with it either. Uh, I think there's a pretty easy way though if they want to fix this is they separate right, they separate right. it. Yep. So you keep the same system, but you just do two separate uh, essentially two separate orders. You take the non-playoff teams and you rank those by points uh weeks 12 through 16. Yep. That's that's the top half of the draft or the and top they they get to pick their first six first. Right. And then, um, and, and then you go to the playoff teams and follow that same plan. So, uh, I think uh, I think it's a pretty easy fix for this league, honestly. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. That was my thought as reading it as well. That that's what we do for a lot of a lot of the dynasty leagues I run is that the top six picks go to the non-playoff teams. You know, uh, in in potential points order, and you instead of potential points, just sub it scoring weeks 12 through 16. Um, yeah. That's the easy fix is to have the non-playoff teams get the first six picks, no matter what, um, or get their choice. Cause it's Kentucky Derby style. They pick their draft slot. So have the yeah non-playoff teams. They, they get their first six choices than the playoff teams. I, I like it. Um, but also, as I said, uh, face from the south. Uh, I don't have a problem with the way you have it set up. Honestly, if a team if a team wins the league, you know what? Maybe that's their spoils. You know, <laughs> that's just added on to winning the pod is getting the first pick of their draft slot. I have no problem either way. Um, I read that one. You read this one, Ryan, or uh, try. You know, you know what? I'm gonna start at the top of this where it says first a quick request to respect. To, with respect to Commission Impossible before diving into a topic, could you explain the concept uh, a little before and maybe some pros and cons? Or explain the concept before going into the discussion? Yeah, we'll try to do that. That's not a bad idea. I, I feel like we do most of the time, but we probably don't all the time. But that's a good idea. That is a good idea. And this question is from... Part, part of the problem, Ryan, is that we don't read these beforehand. <laughs> that is part of the problem. I mean, we, I, we, we just read the question. <laughs> maybe we should be a little more prepared, but yeah. it's fun this way. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, this question is from Oriel. Oriel, I believe. Hope that's right. Sorry if not. Uh, and he says, um, his, his primary question, whether he should be compensating a new owner who's taking over a, a poor team, and if so, how. Uh, here's some information about his league and situation. There's a team in our league. I don't think has met the minimum activity level to participate in the league. I already love, I love this question so far. Um, <clears throat> so he, he mentions that he does have uh, minimum level rules and spirit of the league provision, all that he's covered himself. Uh, he mentions that this, uh, owner has left injured players in his lineups, hasn't really made any effort to improve his, situ- his team, uh, and so on. So he's he's ready to move on from this owner. First question, are there any thoughts uh, on establishing a, a, a threshold level of participation where failure to achieve this standard results in league ejection Oof. with warnings? So, I mean, I ha- I have these in the hyperactive leagues that was basically the the basis of the hyperactive leagues is that you have to be uh, is that we would be active year round and um of course that doesn't sound like anything special at this point but when those leagues were formed 
10 or 12 years ago. That was, that was actually kind of a new concept, Scott, that you would actually stay active throughout the off season. It's, it's, it's hard to believe that that was, uh, you know, not the base expectation back then, but it wasn't. So we have those rules. Uh, our rules center around uh, responding to trades, voting in polls, doing all those things in a timely manner, and also just checking into the league. Um, of course, you can track that on my fantasy league. And honestly, I mean, those those are metrics we can use. I guess you could call them that. Um, boxes that we can check to to make sure people are being active. But in the end, you know if you've got an active owner or not. And you can check in and you can respond to trade offers and you can vote in league polls and still not be an active owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's tough to really nail that down it with is. a with a specific rule. Uh, so and, and a lot of the rule sets for forcing activity become commission intensive too, which which is rough sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I I mean our rule is check in every two weeks and I know I don't check on that. I mean, I check into the league myself, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not tracking that uh, of from the other owners in the league. So yeah, it's, it's definitely slipped through the cracks and uh, it, it's again, it's really hard to, to find an exact system. Uh, he says um, for non tanking purposes, he's using a lottery system for the six, the top six draft picks, uh, those top six non-playoff teams, uh, it's kind of a ping-pong system. We've seen that, of course, with yep. the with the NBA and and their non-playoff teams. Uh, you know, you can you can argue how well that's worked there. Right. Um, <laughs> he says this is to incentivize uh, teams to play through the end of the regular season. It it's definitely a disadvantage to the really bad teams that can't uh, fully complete compete and just to go back to his, his actual system. I guess this is, it's in some ways it's the opposite of the NBA. The, the yeah. worst team in his league gets the least number. of yeah, that, that, is really, that is interesting. I've seen that number 12 gets three balls. I will say you need to have a lot more balls than like seven gets eight balls, eight gets seven balls, 12 gets yep. three balls because you have to have a lot more balls. Otherwise the, the chances of like, it not working the way you want or are much, much greater. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, up those ratios for sure. I think the first time I ever tried using lottery balls in a league was probably the early two thousands. And we did like the 12, nine, 12, 11, 10, nine. And we're like, and, and we realized very quickly, that is not how you do that. <laughs> There's a reason the NBA gives one team hundreds of balls. And then the next, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, uh Last last note on that email. Uh, yeah, he says back, kind of back to the original question yeah. he mentioned: Should we compensate a new owner who's taking over a poor team? If so, how? Um, I don't really like to. The only I don't the, either. Usually, the only way I might consider doing that is just uh, reducing the league fees and adjusting the the pot for that. But as far as giving extra draft picks or things like that. To me, that impacts the entire league too much. <clears throat> yep. yep, completely agree. I, I, there's rarely any reason I think for that. Um, I, 
<laughs> yeah, there, there's rarely ever ever a reason for that. The the owner, you know, the owner knows what he's taking on, and on, honestly, the owner, uh, there are a lot of owners out there that like taking on a team like that and rebuilding it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that there's a lot of benefits to to compensating a new owner for that. Um, uh, next one. Hello, I did not write down a name for you. Maybe I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Um, hello, I was in a league one year where one dis- one owner decided to dump half his roster onto waivers. He did not pick anyone up, but this league didn't have waivers as it was first come first serve after Wednesday. Well, one team picked up every everyone the other team dropped and decided to make a one-sided trade with the team that was dumping the roster, basically. League manager manually moved all the players back and kicked the bum who committed the roster dumping, but shouldn't he have kicked the other guys out too as he obviously knew it was a roster dump and went on to make a terrible trade with the team. Our commission didn't think so and let him finish out the year. What are your thoughts? So first off, the commission did the absolute right thing. When you see someone roster dump, um, you pick the players back up, kick the guy out and, you know, ax his control to the team. Um, that's step one. Commission did that right. Uh, how do you feel, Ryan, about the, the, the other, other guys that picked up these players and, made trades or whatever um I, I think it's well i don't know if we have enough information when it comes to the trade that was made as far as picking up the players i don't think there's anything wrong with that i mean when i see when i see players dropped whether it's a situation like this which i actually haven't dealt with or if it's clearly an accidental drop uh, a, a a good player is dropped a lot of times I'll pick that player up just before, you know, just to cut out any drama, I guess, uh, before another team can pick them up. And then I, I know where it's, you know, I know where this situation is going to go, that the the owner is going to come back and want the player, which is understandable and, and they're going to get them back. But it's, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any problem with picking up the player. If, if you don't pick them up, somebody else is going to. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably lean with the commission on that side. Um, and plus that, that would be rough to kick out not just one, but multiple teams <laughs> that can be rough at times, but I don't, I don't think that that side was that bad. Um, I it, agree. yeah. Uh, is it my turn to read or your turn to read? It is my turn. I think. All right. Of course it's, a mile long. <laughs> All right. Do I save that for the next? We it's we're thirty two minutes in, and that's we're probably going to shave a couple from editing. Do you want to call this an episode and start next? Start a new one? Yeah, that's fine. I'll I'll read this in the meantime. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll do that. We'll be back uh, next week with another episode of Commission Impossible. Uh, Ryan and I will actually just record it right now, but <laughs> you'll hear us again next week. Uh, so for myself, Scott Fish twenty four, and Ryan McDowell at Ryan MC twenty three, both of those are t- our Twitter handles. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Uh-huh.